0: Good afternoon, WVCP listeners. Welcome to the Vol State Chat. I'm your host, Eric Melcher. I work in the public relations office here at Vol State. The Vol State Chat is a weekly talk show that takes you inside the college to let you know what's happening both in our academic programs and also with our activities and public events. Before we get started, please let me apologize for an editing issue we had last week. The listeners were treated to a brief piece of behind the scenes extra bonus footage from the show. As we switch segments, we hope you enjoyed this rare document of how the show is put together we usually edit those parts out luckily all of our guests and talented co-hosts were consummate professionals and acted that way um even though they thought they were off mic but we're not going to charge you listeners for that extra bonus footage it's all free from us and hopefully that will be the last you hear of it anyway let's get on with today's show i'm joined by our uh, student co-hosts chloe duvall and winnie combs hi guys
1: hi hey
0: all right, so it's been another COVID week around here. Um, Ball State moved uh, many of our in-person classes online late last week due to the rise of, uh, in COVID cases, both in the area and on campus. And handling that transition was, of course, another incredible effort on the part of our faculty and students. How did it go for you guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit sad, but understandable. I It was sad because I was really excited for in-person classes. Yeah, and so now were. that we had to move back online, it was kind of hard to adjust back to those Zoom classes and everything. Um, But thankfully, my professors were really quick to explain what was going on. And um, I've been on Zoom classes before, so I know how it goes. But I've also had to start really planning out my day and writing down, this is the homework I need to do today. Um, I keep a schedule and a planner, so I have to stay on top of things. So it's a little bit different. It's been a little hard, but it's understandable with everything that's going on right now.
0: Yeah, how'd it go for you, Winnie?
1: Yeah, same for me. Uh, you really have to pay attention to your due dates. Uh, it's caught up with me. Some of my due dates came right around the corner. I was like, oh, that's due, and I need to do it. So there's that. But there is a pro. If you do have an on, like in-person class on campus, there is, like, a lot more parking spots. So yes, that's, parking. that's nice. Yes. But, okay. but yeah,
0: we'll it's difficult. That. COVID-19 and we get better parking. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Um, and I know a lot of uh, uh, faculty had a hard time switching back because we were, we were. I think those of us teaching in person classes were very excited about it. Um, it, w- it was fun. But um, yeah, I think the main thing is just for everyone to stick together. We don't know how long it's going to go on. Um, we'll just have to see. I think it's going to be a week-by-week kind of uh, ruling on the part of our pandemic committee which is uh, the group of administrators that kind of get together and, and they take a look at the latest stats and make those decisions. Anyway, we're certainly looking forward to getting back to having in-person classes at some point, And we're going to continue to update students in the college community, both online and on social media, on when that will be. Right now, we're scheduled to be back on the 13th, but we'll just have to see how that goes. Everyone needs to stay in touch to see what is decided. But let's turn to a much more fun topic, food. Everyone loves food. Well, at least I love food. Uh, we're joined today by a member of the Vol State History Faculty, who is another really interesting profession. She is co-owner of the Wild Cow Vegetarian Restaurant in East Nashville. Uh, started out on Eastland Street a number of years ago and recently moved to Fatherland Street. I'm a frequent customer, along with my vegetarian wife, but honestly, that's not why I invited you here today, Melanie, <laughs> even though we are fans. We really thought it was interesting having uh, someone who was a restaurant co-owner and then uh, teaching history and um, the fact that you're doing both, and then as we'll talk about here in a minute, you kind of combine that those ideas into, into kind of the same thing in terms of evaluation History, But first of all, how does vegetarian food tie in with a degree and background in history?
1: I never really thought of it as tying in with history. It's just two of my interests, I guess. I was in kind of finishing up my master's in history when I got married and my husband and I were both vegetarian. And we decided to go vegan at the same time, mostly because of animal cruelty issues that we just didn't want to contribute to. And when we became vegan, we realized there was nowhere to eat in Nashville at that time. You know, eleven years ago, there really was. Oh, it was pretty
0: sparse. It was nothing. just Greens, is right. really the only place over on the Vanderbilt campus. <laughs> yes. Was it?
1: And my husband and I, we both had a lot of restaurant experience. I had done that all through college and grad school, so it was kind of a natural thing for us to kind of start thinking about that. And it just happened to be the same time I was finishing up my master's in history, so. We, we started that with the intention of, of me kind of helping getting it off the ground and then kind of going back to doing my thing, but I, I ended up being a lot more involved than I intended to be.
0: Yeah, because it's not easy running a restaurant, is <laughs> not it? Not at all. <laughs> I remember seeing you guys in that original Eastland location, which was very small. Tiny. Um, and it was uh, funny because it was just from the get-go, it was uh, just kind of a family operation just in terms of how everyone interacted and... Mm-hmm. How's the larger location going on Fatherland? Are you guys doing well?
1: Yeah, it's doing really well. There's a lot more space, which, you know, we really needed, like you mentioned. We opened about, in the new location, we opened about three months before the tornado and then COVID. So we had about three months of normalcy um, (laughs) until everything kind of got disrupted. So back in um, May, we finally opened up again, like fully opened this past May. So it's, it's going well.
0: Yeah. And before we turn back to history, um, vegetarian food has really changed in the last 10, 15 years. I was just thinking, well, I, I just became vegetarian uh, a few months ago. My wife's been a vegetarian for 33 years now. And um, it was hard back then. Back yeah. in the 80s uh, and 90s, it was really hard to uh, eat vegetarian. And now there's so many variety of interesting plant-based foods available. Yeah,
1: and you can find them anywhere. Yeah. We got in the habit of bringing groceries with us if we were going to like kind of like a small town. We don't even do that anymore because yeah. every grocery store has not only vegetarian but vegan options. It's, yeah. it's everywhere. I'm really glad to see that.
0: And I think people would be surprised. It's really good stuff. I tell people, unless I'm thinking about eating chicken wings or a steak... I really don't miss meat at all because the food is that good. My wife's a very good cook as well. So, mm-hmm. if you can get good food, uh, which you can now, um, it, it's really become a, uh, an amazing option. And uh, I think, you know, certainly at the Wild Cow, it shows you the wide variety of, of, of options that you guys have for food. You, know, you guys make most of it in, in house, correct?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we make our own dressing, sauces, things like that. Um, try to do as much homemade as possible, or at least local. We have a lot of local um, providers.
0: And sourcing vegetarian food in terms of supplies and stuff is that easier now than it was before
1: yeah it is most of the big food distribution companies offer vegan options although we we kind of stick to one one or two like of the major ones but still you can find most of what we need we can get pretty much anywhere nowadays
0: and in terms of, so now you had an interesting presentation, which I thought tied in food and history together, and it was about the melting pot of American cuisine and what we can learn from history from food. Uh, tell me a little bit about that, your perspective on that.
1: Yeah, that was for Food Day last year, and I was just kind of looking at how food has sort of shaped American culture and politics and the economy. An example is something like imperialism, like America's search to dominate other countries, and in many ways that was motivated by sugar and fruit. And even going back further than that, when you talk about things like the original Thirteen Colonies, a lot of what influenced the economy of those Thirteen Colonies was sugar, sugar production, mostly for yeah. rum. So food and um, alcoholic drinks have had a pretty big impact on shaping American history
0: yeah it's interesting to see how it, it's it's always fascinating how certain countries especially will have this the history in food you know they get invaded by one country mm-hmm. and suddenly the food changes and then they want their original food back so then that kind of and it's interesting to see it's it's a constant conversation isn't it between cultures within countries and with between countries uh, food is is always omnipresent isn't it
1: yeah and something that's interesting about like colonialism is a lot of countries that were formerly ruled by a different country share a lot of food culture. Yeah. So, like, people in England love Indian food. Yep. People in the United States, you know, generally like Mexican food. So, yeah, there is a big connection between the food that we like and our sort of international politics.
0: Yeah. And it's nice because I always find that food is a great way to connect with people on a, a, a kind of an elemental. When you first meet people, mm-hmm. uh, I do a lot of work with the Hispanic community. I always talk about, and I'm always very. You know, <laughs> I hit all of the restaurants down on Nolansville Road, or at least I used to, and so I'd always be uh, you know very careful to talk to them about their specific their country's favorite yeah. foods because they're all different. Do you find that uh, food and history um, is, is something that is, have you been kind of working food more into your history?
1: Yeah, mostly from the perspective of food production. Um, mm-hmm. I actually have a student right now who's doing her honors project on American food production from from the early days of the, the the thirteen colonies. So, yeah, that's something I've been a little bit more interested in. Is sort of looking at the the growth of like agro business and corporations, how food becomes like a big business. So it actually had a lot to do with the industrial revolution here in the United States. So yeah, it is something that I've I've thought of a lot more about, and also I've been thinking a lot more about the environmental history of food production and how that shaped the country and really the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're finding more and more, that it enters almost into almost every field you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Food touches on it in some way. All right, Chloe and Winnie, do you have some questions here?
1: Yeah, totally. So one question that I have for you is, what made you decide to name your restaurant The Wild Cow? I think it's really, really interesting that it's a vegetarian restaurant, and it's named that. So um, what made you name it that? <laughs> we get that question, uh, like, every day from the wow. customer. <laughs> um, and some people think it's it, it, the name is strange until we explain it. Basically, if you ever see, like, a, a factory farm where they produce, you know, a lot of meat, the animals don't have room to turn around for their whole lives, normally, yeah. or even lie down. and. Some cases, so we had the idea of making the restaurant kind of represent the opposite of that, like Mm -hmm. an animal in nature, like a wild animal. Oh, it's like Like a happy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. And
0: you find cows like that in India, don't you? They, they uh, let them wander yeah, quite a bit. Yeah,
1: they're everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of
0: neat because they have uh, b- b- quite a, a large vegetarian population yeah. in India. So. Yeah,
1: my dad's Indian, so I guess it was natural for me. Oh, ah, there you go.
0: <laughs> Winnie, how about yourself? What do you have for a question?
1: Yeah, my question is, do you ever see your history students come to your restaurant after you've talked about food and you've talked about it? Yes, that's happened a few times. Actually, we have a couple of regulars regular customers now who were students and the one that i mentioned who's doing her honors project on food she's a regular customer as well so yeah it's kind of cool to see to see them in a different element you know right yeah. yeah that's super awesome
0: yeah yeah it's a cross pollination between uh, history and food and in fact we're going to be talking to some folks coming up and there's a lot of different ways that food ties into what we're doing here at Vol State but uh, Melanie thank you I've, I've been wanting to chat with you for a while so I'm glad we could sit down thank um, you. when we come back we're going to talk another uh, about another aspect of food here at Vol State and that is food uh, as a part of education which I guess we've already been discussing but we've actually working it into the curriculum um, in a very intentional way here on campus. So we'll be back with that in a moment. You're listening to the Vol State Chat here on Vol State Radio wvcp